hello. Welcome. <laughs> you know what it is. It's another episode of Observe and Report. Yep, coming with some of that fun energy today in this episode. Oh All right. boy, what a lead up. That was great. <laughs> I was unprepared. <laughs> Good, and I hope you listening were unprepared as well. All right. You know what it is. It's Observe and Report. It's the show where we see stuff and tell you how we feel about it. All right. We are into month of quarantine. Uh, <laughs> we're deep in it. Um, you know, just trying our best to get through it on a day-to-day basis and hope you are too. Hope this podcast can bring you a little bit of light in this dark, dark world. <laughs> um yeah let this be the shire and may you never go to mordor um yeah this uh i don't have as much this week but i think you have way more than i do um what is your name sir my name is jason simmons and sitting across from me <laughs> is jack smith hello um and yeah sorry i didn't introduce i'm so happy i'm so excited to be here so so happy to get this episode out. me too i've been excited because there's some stuff that um I think I'm going to surprise you with. I'm excited to hear about these surprises. Yeah. Um, I feel like my rundown is pretty much the shit you'd expect. <laughs> um, nothing new. All right. I right. pulled a couple of Jasons, <laughs> just so you know. I think you're going to be very proud. I do have one that's a little unexpected, but also you would probably say, like, Jason, this is absolutely you. So we'll see. <laughs> um i will start off uh, if you like me to um let's see i uh have been continuing uh raised by wolves it just finished its first season uh raised by wolves on hbo max of course uh produced by uh ridley scott and whatnot i'm for a season one i really enjoyed it how many episodes is it 10 episodes so i tried it you tried it okay (sighs) the handsome man who is the handsome man for you in this? I'm very curious. Okay. Father? Yeah. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Even with his fake contacts, I'm still just like, hello. <laughs> I wish that silver suit was a little more form-fitting. <laughs> even though what I what is underneath there is essentially a Ken doll. <laughs> this is true. He has no junk. He's and, an android. Yes. And spoiler alert, but it happens in the first like 15 minutes. When they killed off a little cute Asian girl, I was like, you sons of bitches. But guess what? They got another cute Asian girl. Like <gasps> okay, so maybe I will continue. Two episodes later, she's she's the cutest. <laughs> she she has a line. She says, no one listens to me because I'm small. Aww. And it's just, it's so adorable. Okay, so maybe I'll give it another shot. Uh, and also, that Asian, that, the Asian girl that dies comes back. <laughs> like, yes. Spoilers. But uh, there, there are images of her that reappear throughout the, the show. Okay, so are there any other handsome men? Mm, there is one dude I think you would find handsome. Okay, cool. He's like the second in command of the very religious people. That's all I need, Jason. <laughs> oh, he's religious? <sighs> okay. <laughs> we'll get past it. <laughs> we'll work on that. We'll, we'll read some books. <laughs> I have some pamphlets. <laughs> um, no, uh, for, for, for so for me, I... Mm-hmm personally really enjoyed it it started off really hot for me i wouldn't say it plateaued meaning that it it got bad but Mm. like it just found its level and just like kind of stuck there it didn't get crazier or like more exciting for me personally sometimes they go a little too far though so Mm -hmm. you know they'll be they'll start strong and then they'll just like ramp up the crazy and you're like guys what is season two gonna be because i feel like you really jumped a shark here so it's not always 
the best thing. So that's cool. Yeah, like if it still held your interest. Yeah, I think they they paced themselves pretty well. Like nice. they left enough like space for brand new things in season two, mm-hmm. um, leaving you with like a, a good amount of questions. I didn't feel like shocked at the end of the first mm-hmm. season, but I certainly felt like oh, I want to know more. I want to. I will come back next season to see what happens next to these characters in this very strange place. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I just love the world that they build. They give you. They, they give you such a weird, stark take on this world they've built without giving you too much information at all. Like, it's it's interesting. Um, it feels like you're coming in after the big explosion, after, like, the mm-hmm. big movie, after, like, the big, you know, end of the world scene. Yeah. So it's nice to kind of, like, sit in this... It feels like it's two years after that. Yeah. Whatever that happened, like, okay. It's like the world ended. Now what? Yeah. Like, which is interesting and nice. Um... And not like in a Walking Dead way, right, right, right. But more in a Ridley Scott way. In a Ridley Scott way, um, and you can tell, like, man, they they have a good budget on this. Oh boy, um, do they! The effects look great, um, and I think they save on just getting you know good but unknown actors yeah. for the most part. Like uh, the people that you see on screen, like you then I haven't seen them in anything else really. Me neither, and they were great. Like um, and like looking up some like character, uh, some some actor credits. It's just like oh. You've done like a lot of video games. Okay, cool. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> like, okay, you've done like, you know, a lot of stuff in like uh, Denmark. Nice. But like, why not? This is like, you know, your first English language premiere. Nice. Okay, cool. Very cool. Um, but yeah, it's if you like 1970 science fiction of just like humanity has ruined itself, like, come here. Like, they'll, they'll hold you tight. They'll tell you, <laughs> you know, that not, it's not going to be okay. We'll ruin it again and again and again forever. <laughs> So it is nice in that uh, dark dystopian science fiction sense. Um, and if you're looking for that kind of fix, this show is willing to offer it to you. Um, and it is good about sticking to its story. And it's good about blending its story and characters. Um, I like that a lot about it. I think you will find that my the more, the deeper into this quarantine we get, mm-hmm. the more I just need escapism. Okay. By the end of it, whenever that is, it's just going to be me, like, eating Cheerios on the couch watching Peppa Pig. It's going to be <laughs> bad, Jason. I am just... <laughs> but, so I start off with a thing that is very predictable for me, which is Enola Holmes. Okay. On Netflix. Mm-hmm. It's got everything I like, Jason. I was very curious to hear your take on this. It's got waistcoats. Mm-hmm. It's old-timey England stuff. Yep. Uh, we have fancy Victorian homes. A lot of smoke everywhere. A lot of steam everywhere. And Henry Cavill. I was curious in the trail. I was like, is that Henry Cavill? It is. He's big enough to be Henry Cavill. I don't know if that's Henry Cavill. It's Henry Cavill. Cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. He looks real good. The supporting cast is great. It's him, Sam Claflin, um, uh, Helena Bottom Carter. Um, it's a really solid group of people. Millie Bobby Brown. As Enola. As Enola Holmes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, uh, I guess it was based on a series of books. Um, or at least a book, um, and she is the uh, youngest, your younger sister of the the Holmes boys. Mm-hmm. Um, Henry Cavill plays Sherlock, and Sam Claflin plays Mycroft, um, and Helen Bottom Carter plays the mom, and she disappears one day, and Enola is like, "Gotta go find mommy. Let's bring the boys home," and they're like. Uh, Mycroft is horrified because she is not uh, a like well-bred young lady. Wait, a question here. So 
Helen Bottom Carter is the mother of Enola Holmes, as well as Sherlock and Mycroft? You betcha. That feels like not that big of an age. <laughs> I don't know. It feels like she's so much younger, but she's probably not, right? Who? Helen Bottom Carter. I feel like her and Henry Cavill. She's got to be in her, oh, I don't know. It just feels weird thinking of her as Superman's mom. <laughs> I like her so much that I just went with it. She's 54, and he's probably in his late 30s. So, mm-hmm. listen. Possible. She gets started young. It's fine. Entirely possible. Judgment-free zone. It's Victorian era. You get married when you're 17. It's yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> as you do, as was the style of the time. Um, But, oh, oh, shoot. The guy. Oh, boy. This is classic me, too. The show that's based off of Doctor Who. Torchwood. Yes. The guy who is in Torchwood who has a cool name. Captain Jack Harkness. No. the He's one of the other guys. I can't pull anything else out of my head about Torchwood. Okay, <laughs> 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 nothing else There's, for you on that. I hope um, I got it in one, but I didn't. Oh, I should have looked it up before. Hold on. Oh, Bern Gorman, who I know. Oh, Bern Gorman, yes. yes. He is in it, and he's great. Um, it's fun. It's a little romp. Um, and uh, it's, you know, it's about feminism and legacy mm-hmm. and family and stuff. I heard there was a little pushback uh, against the movie because the depiction of Sherlock Holmes was too nice. Um, and... I, I don't know. Like, apparently the, the estate was very upset about it, and some fans were what? like, Sherlock's not a nice guy. Like, he's a curmudgeon. Like, he's antisocial. He doesn't know how to deal with people. Like, can't this just be a nice depiction of him? Can't this Here's be- the thing. It's not like he ever even hugs her. Mm-hmm. It is purely... It's like, at first he's... Because Mycroft is the extreme. He... Oh, sorry. He, um... He's really, like, horrified by the fact that she's not, like... Uh, fancy lady. Mm-hmm. A proper lady of yes, the Victorian era. exactly. And then Sherlock's kind of in between of like, yeah, maybe she doesn't have the most, you know... She's not refined in that right. way. Right. But he recognizes that she's smart and he likes that she's smart. Okay. And so he... And like, it's his little sister, even though they haven't been around much, but he... Basically, he's just nice to her, mm-hmm. and they're not in the movie that much. Okay, um, but so, yeah, he's like he's a little sentimental. I have no problem with it because I like seeing Henry Cavill. So it just goes nice. to show, internet shut the fuck up. Because like the thing is, yeah, I get what they're saying that yes, he is supposed to be uh, kind of almost obnoxious in his. Um, apathy for typical social interactions that have a lot of bullshit Mm -hmm. but if you play the character the same with every single time it's going to be boring Mm -hmm. this is true so like and we're knee deep in the sherlock wars okay we've got cumberbatch we've got downey jr we've got johnny lee miller we've got henry cavill all right everyone's sherlock everyone's sherlock and that's fine so like uh, also, it's just one random Netflix movie, and he's yeah. not the main character. What do you give a shit? Spe- he's yeah. barely in it. Not speaking of him, speaking of Millie Bobby Brown, yes. how was she? Like, this is her first movie where she's, like, the lead role really holding it down. Yes. I mean, 
she's fine. I have to keep in mind she's a child. Mm-hmm. She's like 15 or something. Yep. Um, and it's a, it's a lot. She's in almost every scene. It's a lot for her to do. It's also, um, they have her breaking the fourth wall constantly. It seems that way. Very Ferris Bueller-y, which I'm, yeah. I was like, hey, that seems cool. I could be into that. It was... I think they could have pulled back on it a little bit. It was a little too winky here and there, but she's cute and, you know, she has good comedic timing and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was fine. The whole thing, it was exactly what I thought it was going to be. It was fun. They put a lot of money into it. It looks lovely because it's so colorful. It's like a very, like, colorful, pretty um, depiction of that time and right. i feel like a lot of it's very grim understandably so because it probably was actually very grim covered in soot because it was Soot covered everything mm-hmm. um but uh it was lovely and it's a nice depiction of a different young woman who's independent and okay with getting dirty and you know rough and tumble and stuff so for little kids particularly little girls I think it's great. Like I saw the trailer and I immediately said to myself, like there there will be several of these movies. Like I can see and that I for sure. Watch every one of them, Jason. Yeah, it, it absolutely seems like it's a thing that will take off in a big way. It's cute. Yeah, I I look forward to watching it because I it's on my list of things to like check out. Yeah, yeah. Um, other things that I've been looking at. Uh, let me talk about. Uh, let's get this out of the way. <laughs> uh, I don't think I've talked about Lovecraft Country at all on oh, this show. I very much wanted to watch that show. Mm-hmm. And then I saw a trailer. I think I was with Zen. Mm-hmm. And I let out a real scream. Oh, God. Or was or hid behind a pillow. Probably a combination of the both. Because I was like, oh, I could get into this. This seems great. And then there was a, just a real quick shot of a little girl who looked unwell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if she was a zombie. I don't know if she was possessed. But it scared me. And I was like, <laughs> I am not good with horror, particularly child-involved horror. Uh-huh. I was out. I was like, oh, I clearly cannot watch this. I'm a giant baby. Fair. Very fair. Um, Tell me all about it. Overall opinion, it, I don't care for it that much. Oh, that's disappointing. It looked good. And I know that's me. And I feel like as a black person, I feel like I'm forced to be like, it was, it's awesome. Everything is good. Like, no. No. No, no, no. Like... The the show is considerably more concerned with cool moments than telling an overall good, coherent story. Oh, that's not good. And not to say those cool moments aren't important. Hmm. Not to say that, you know, something that is, lack, to me, lackluster isn't an important thing. The show, I think, is important, although I think it's not all that good, great. Okay. Um, Like, it's, yeah, it's putting black people and people of color in situations and showing them, like, hey, for so long... You know, people of color have not had prominence or recognition or access mm-hmm. in the world of like science fiction, okay, and horror, yeah, and okay. like all these genres that like you know are typically you don't typically see people of color in them or prominently featured in them. One hundred percent. And each episode isn't so much concerned with telling an overarching story that like is connecting you know this person to that person and this event to that person and mm-hmm. these all these events together it's more like just saying like okay this episode is kind of like raiders of the lost ark and oh. this episode is kind of like you know uh a, a ghost story in a house and like oh. but it's not like a monster of the week sort of thing okay so how many episodes was it uh, it's still going on there's gonna oh. be like 12 or 13 episodes this season and each one they're telling just a different, completely separate story? No. Oh. They're trying to tell an overall story about, like, oh. 
magic, the secret world of magic. And but with different like themes every time? With different themes every time, okay. but the same characters throughout. Okay. Like, and But there are moments and things that happen which are interesting and important. Like, uh, for instance, the plot of one episode is a minor character getting, she's a black woman who's turning into a white woman through like a magic potion for a day and experience okay. the world through this, through these eyes on this body. Okay. And it's 1950s America. Oof, yeah. And it's like, okay, this is a very interesting and cool yeah. thing that's happening. This doesn't relate to any fucking thing else that's happening in the show. Oh. As far as story and like getting oh. across to a main point. Yeah. Like it, it kind of relates like, okay, she's being manipulated by this other character, but we never touch on it again for six episodes. Gotcha. So it's, it's like, frustrating when they have all of a sudden like a million strings and then some of them are just left there. Absolutely. This yeah. show's going to do that. It, yeah. I see a terrible comparison to Lost happening here. Oh no. Where it's like, man, you're putting out a lot of strings. Ever going to tie those together? No, I'm just going to leave them there. I'm going to trip over them? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's doing that already. Like it is, it is tripping over itself to just say like, here, look at this. And it's like, okay, that's very cool. But what does this mean in reference to what happened five episodes ago? Uh, just look at it like okay fine okay so that is my main gripe with it that it doesn't give a damn about what it's about the overall story it's telling as much as it's trying to give a damn about how it's making you feel Hmm. and you know that has its importance it needs a balance but it does need a balance in in my mind so that's why like i am very hesitant to just be like this show is like worth a watch or like Mm -hmm. i can really recommend the show to anybody and it's like i kind of can't yeah if it's not told well yeah, and that's just my gripe with it. And yeah. other people don't care. Sometimes they just want that feeling. Yeah. They want to feel that new weird thing every week. But for me, I just need the story to make sense. I don't think you're asking for too much. <laughs> um, how are the actors in it? Actors are great. Um, you know, you have Courtney B. Vance. You have Michael K. Williams. Ooh. You have Journey Smollett. Um, oh, wow. And like, yeah, these are good actors. And like, I like seeing them together and doing things. But sometimes you leave a character alone for three episodes and you don't get to see them. Oh. And it's like, okay. And then we jump back to them. And like, you know, we're going to focus the entire episode on this smaller character. And then we won't see her again for like four to five episodes. And the things that happen to her there don't really mean anything to anything else. Oh, <laughs> like, it's like, okay. Uh, interesting. We You did a time travel story with this character. And mm. like, it's cool to be in all these different points in time where like, you know, uh, in the Babylonian era. And then we're like oh, in wow. 1920s France. And then we're far into the future. And is, we're in present day. Is there an... Uh, this might based on what you said this there might not be an answer to this but is there an overarching plot the overarching plot kind of is like there are these books of magic mm-hmm. uh our protagonist uh atticus uh i forget the name of the actor that plays them i can look it up very quickly but the protagonist atticus uh is kind of there with his father his uncle and his girlfriend mm-hmm. uh trying to get these books of magic from this woman who is collecting them for her own purposes okay their purposes are never are, they don't ever explain whether or not they're actually opposed to each other hmm. she wants them to use for power mm-hmm. he wants to get them so maybe they can't be used for anyone negatively okay but we don't know if the quote-unquote antagonist has bad intentions really hmm. or if she just wants them for herself we assume that she does because you're we, we're, we're assuming that she does like she's not the main character that's why so hmm. it's, there's just so much that's just muddy and it's unclear all a little too loosey-goosey yeah and again it's like you're not concerned with the race for these books of magic as you are just like telling a story about like okay we had to deal with ghosts this episode 
cool. Like, gotcha. All right, sure. You'll you'll get around to it eventually, I guess. Mm. In season four, <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. So okay, it's that's too bad because it looked really good. Yeah, it, it looked. It's a cool looking show. Uh, the effects on it are pretty good. Mm. Um, the acting is great. Um, it's just are they hour long? Hour long episodes. Yeah, okay. it's just the connective tissue here is not there. It's bone on bone. There's no cartilage. <laughs> metaphors on metaphors <laughs> got it got it um the next thing i watched was a real jason watch okay uh i was bopping around on hbo max and i stumbled on this little cartoon um that sounds demeaning i didn't mean for it to but little in that it's literally i think the episodes are like 10 or 11 minutes each mm-hmm. um it's called infinity train Yes, I've talked about this to you before. You what? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my memory's really bad, Jason. It's great. It's fantastic. Yeah. I really like the show a lot. I only watched the first season. I started the second one. Um, but no, I, you talked to me about regular show. But it, months ago, I talked to you about a family oh. train. <laughs> my memory's bad. I'm it's sorry. fine. But go on. Tell me how you felt about it. It was great. I really liked the main character. Um, it was a fun little weird sci-fi adventure. Um, I liked that every carriage is different. I wanted to know what, you know, what the weird last place you went was. Mm-hmm. Um, you're learning life lessons. This is how you tell a connective story with different themes in every episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was a delightful little adventure. It oh. just follows, um, oh, basic plot. I always forget to do that. Um, it follows this, the main character's Tulip. She's a teenage girl who just wants to like go to a computer programming camp. Mm-hmm. Um, but it kind of gets messed up because her parents are getting divorced. Um, and so she runs away and then ends up on an infinity train. There's no rhyme or reason. It just happens. And you just go along with it. Um, where each train car is a different theme. Like one of them is Corgi Town. <laughs> I love Corgi Town. <laughs> And I love that the mayor is Ernie Hudson. Yes. <laughs> yes. Fantastic. I was like, I know that voice. I looked it up. I was like, ah, it's Ernie Hudson. <laughs> um, and so she has two little companions um, who help her on her journey. And she's trying to just get off this train. Um, but the animation is really fun. Um, it's very sweet. Uh, I liked it. Nice. I'm, I'm, I'm happy that you liked it. Um, it is a fun anthology se- series because... The next season doesn't focus on any of those characters anymore. Did you like all? Did you watch all three seasons? I did not watch all three seasons. Okay. Um, I'm only aware of what happens. I'm aware of what happens in the first season. Don't know what happens in seasons two and three. Gotcha. I started yeah. to watch the second season, but I haven't finished it yet. Mm-hmm. Like it's just it's cool. I'm glad this exists on TV. Yeah. Like this is something I watched as a kid. It's something I'd watch now. <laughs> like, and I feel like they cram so much into it. I know there are a good number of episodes but even though they're really short it didn't feel like they were short i felt like i was watching like a half hour show because somehow they like cram it all in i think it's great for like you know the october halloween season it's just like it's a nice weird show it's super weird like i just like the animation i like the the the, her quest where it's like i'm dealing with my parents divorce to the adventures on this train yes like i have a lot of unresolved shit i'm working through i'm Mm -hmm. 12 and this dog and this robot are going to help me figure this out. Yeah, great. <laughs> it had uh, a lot of uh, allusions to uh, Labyrinth for me. I've never seen Labyrinth, so I didn't... Similar setup. Young girl working through some problems uh, in a fantasy world. We often are. <laughs> K- 
kind of, yeah. You know? Um, but no, I'm glad you liked it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that is, I guess, a very meek choice. It is a very Jason choice. It's so Jason that you've already seen it. God damn it. So annoyed. <laughs> um, I will talk quickly about The Boys. Um, it's going on. It's it's still, to me, I like it. Mm. Um, I like the season more than the first. Um, it feels a little less focused on the gross outs. Okay. And more on just like, you know, building to like, you know, building the tension. and. Nice creating a bit more conflict between the characters. Um, fucking uh, Anthony Starr as uh, the guy that plays Homelander is really good and terrifying. Um, uh, the last episode that, well, the previous to last episode that I saw. Um, Ooh, he's handsome. Handsome and terrifying. Mm. Um, the previous last episode I saw was called the Sage Grove Center. To me, that is the best episode the of the, the Sage Grove Center. Okay. Um, it's just focusing on uh, the protagonist infiltrating like a mental asylum. Oh. And like it, a creepy mental asylum? A like creepy an, mental asylum, like for a, sure. Like an abandoned one or an active one? An active one. Uh-oh. Um, is it in, it's modern day, right? Yeah, modern day. Okay. Um, full of you know superpowered individuals. Oh. Um, and it's just it brought so much together in the season. I mm-hmm. thought it connected. I mean, it showed you a character that was referenced many times that you never saw. And when you saw him, it's like, hey man, where you been, Sean Ashmore? I haven't seen you since oh, X Men. I didn't know he was in it. That's <laughs> like, fun. And he got fire powers this time, not ice powers. <laughs> Things have changed. <laughs> um, and showing you a character that was referenced many times and. It was such a moment for like a lot of characters and like them coming into their own. It mm-hmm. just felt like, damn, this this is a great episode to like introduce like someone to the series. Off. And it was a good payoff for yeah. like a lot of things that happened. Nice. And not at all like the end of the season, maybe just about the middle thereabouts. It's like, mm, what a good linchpin to the whole season. It mm-hmm. just makes every it makes you want to see what happens next and totally satisfies you for everything up to that point. So it's like, what what good writing and like what good everyone, good job. Handshakes nice. all around. <laughs> <laughs> So, so far, the season's going pretty well. I find myself, like, really wanting to see what happens next. And because Amazon changed their distribution method of instead of all at once, you know, mm. just binge style, it's, like, week to week because oh. of the pandemic. They know, like, hey, we don't have that much content. Oh, so we got to spread it out so a little bit. So we got to spread it out a little bit. Like, you know, make you a... And it, it, it makes you more appreciative of it, personally, mm. I find. Instead of, like, just consuming everything in a week, what else you got? It's yeah. like over the course of several weeks it's like okay i'm like retaining more of it i want to see more of it and it feels like less time until the next time it comes around which may, might be in a year might be in two years makes depending feel on how less disposable happens. makes it feel way less disposable nice yeah so yeah the boys um i feel like you'll be proud of me for this one mm-hmm. um because you know i'm not a fan of halloween this is true yes because i'm scared <laughs> <laughs> Just generally, period. Just in I am general. a scared person. <laughs> um, but I was looking for things that were a little Halloweeny, but not scary. Okay. Um, and I watched Beetlejuice. Oh, you've never seen Beetlejuice before? I think maybe I saw it like um, when I was very young. I saw bits and pieces when my brother would like have people over, his friends over. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I was probably too young for it, and maybe at that time my family knew I was a scared person <laughs> and that I shouldn't see it. <laughs> like it's said in Connecticut, this would scare because she thinks it's going to happen right down the street. Like, Jason, <laughs> when I found out that it was in Connecticut, my heart soared. <laughs> I was like, finally, something happened here. 
Um, I actually found that Beetlejuice was my least favorite character because everyone else in, in it is so great. He's not in it for very long. He's barely in it. I think the screen time is 13 minutes in total. That sounds about right. <laughs> um, because it's Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis, and it was such a long time ago. They both looked like little babies. So different than they They're do now. They're so cute. They're such a lovely couple. You do really like the Maitlands. Like, oh, man. I, they're, they're very delightful. nice. I get why Lydia was like, can you guys be my dead yeah. parents? <laughs> um, they, uh, they have this house that they're fixing up, which you know I love a fixing up house story. Yeah. Oh, it's my fave. Um, and then they unexpectedly die, and they're like, oh, shit, we're dead. How do we do this? Um, and they're stuck in their home. And then this horrible couple moves in with a daughter played uh, by Winona Ryder. As a boy, I had such a crush on Winona Ryder oh, for this movie. As a girl, I had a crush <laughs> on her. I thought she was so cool and cute and pretty. Um, she, like, she was... Oh, she kind of feels like, particularly in this movie, like the original Wednesday Adams a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Before Christina Ricci. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Um, yeah, it was just, uh, it's Catherine O'Hara as her mom and Jeffrey Jones as her dad. Yeah. And so. Two very bright redheaded people with a very dark haired dog. Yes. <laughs> yes, sirree, Bob. Um, and so they're just trying to, the plot is just um, Winona Ryder's character, Lydia, who can actually see uh, the Maitlands, actually see Alec Baldwin and Gene Davis, trying to, um, they're trying to get the parents out of the house so that they can just live in their nice home. Mm-hmm. And it's just such a weird and charming movie. As soon as like the opening credits, they go in, they go from like a regular just shooting outside to then like little the miniatures, miniatures. Mm-hmm. Jason. I love a miniature. <laughs> I like water. I am scared. And I love a miniature. <laughs> when I get old, I would absolutely love to just have a basement where I put together a miniature town. Like, this is the town. Oh, my God. Um, so I was immediately charmed by it. And just all, like, the weird monstery... The sandworms. Yeah. And... It's just... I, I am not someone who likes things ironically. Either I like them or I don't. Mm-hmm. And some people like weird cheap stuff ironically because it for is for the bad. camp of it i guess yeah i thoroughly enjoyed it i was I'm surprised glad. by how much i enjoyed it um the only not great part um is beetlejuice a pedophile yes he is <laughs> uh i don't know why people just thought it was okay for this creepy old dead guy uh to try to marry a teenage girl it wasn't okay everyone was trying to stop it <laughs> everyone in this movie was trying to stop that from happening but i feel like society allowed this movie <laughs> and i don't know why when it came out people weren't like hey this is weird because he got beaten. That's why. If he successfully married her, that's a different story. Oh, boy. <laughs> different times, man. But, um, like, the scene where they're all sitting at the table and they all become possessed mm-hmm. and start singing. Like, their performances. Seeing it for the first time as a 33-year-old, how did you feel about that scene? I was unsure of it. Okay. Because I was like, ooh. But also, I did appreciate 
mostly Catherine O'Hara's performance because her acting was solid Mm -hmm. of like, you really think that she like does not want, is doing this against her will. Mm -hmm. And I was impressed. (laughs) I was genuinely like, damn, she's good. But also who does that song? Uh, Harry Belafonte. Gotcha. It was entertaining, but also like, oh, (laughs) oh boy. Like, the unusual use of Calypso in the movie was interesting, especially for, like, growing up as a kid, we got family from the Caribbean and whatnot. It's just like, oh, cool. Like, it, I didn't feel like, oh, this is misrepresentation. Also, like, I'm so happy this music is in this movie. Because <laughs> it's great. Yeah. <laughs> and it's really fun. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, I, I, this is one of my favorites insofar as, like, films, uh, especially around Halloween time. I love this movie. I, I love, more than anything, their depiction of the afterlife that yes. it's not happy it's not like you know golden arches it's not Mm-mm. like the fires of hell it's just like boring and gross <laughs> it's like it's, it's a bureau it's the dmv <laughs> death afterlife is a dmv it's a really gory yeah dumb dmv <laughs> like there's so many rules there's so many things you can't do a lot of lines lot of you triplicate. have to have the right stuff yes. being the correct line <laughs> and people are all just tired and annoyed uh-huh yeah well, uh, there's so many dark and grim things that the people that work for like the office of the dead or whatever are all like suicide victims. It, yeah. Like, there's a guy literally like hanging by a noose flying around. Yeah. It's very, it's the type of thing that if you were to see it as a kid, you wouldn't recognize it. But then watching it as an adult, you're like, oh no. Yeah. There's some dark things <laughs> happening here. Very, and like, yeah, they make a lot of very dark jokes and it's, uh, Yeah. But well, it was good. Like, it's weird that at the end of the day, it's a comedy about, like, I don't know, suburban troubles. It's like, these new people moved into our neighborhood, and we don't like it. It's, like, kind of what it is. Well, I mean, that couple is just obnoxious. And they're obnoxious. Catherine O'Hara is, she's great at just playing terrible people. And, like, <laughs> yes. They immediately um, put a bunch of stuff on the house, because it's a beautiful house. And to make it very, like, architectural and artsy and stuff. And it just looks ridiculous. She's like a modern artist or something like yeah, that. Yeah, she's like she's a terrible modern artist. Yeah. She just makes like <laughs> dumb clay sculptures that look like nothing. That are unfinished and gross. Yeah. Um have you watched it recently? Uh like a few years ago was the last time I watched it. Do you feel diff- how do you feel about that dinner table scene now? Uh I still enjoy it. I think I think it's still very I felt funny. guilty for enjoying it because <laughs> I did enjoy it, but also like, oh no. <laughs> but like it's just that uh it's it's alan uh alec baldwin's character has mm. such a love for like this music and like that song and it's just like i want to scare people with this and just i don't know it's an extension of him and it's an extension of them is what i felt like more so than like you know this being like an inappropriate use yes. of the song yes um if anything the scariest point of that scene is like the shrimp fists oh my god yes because the, <laughs> the whole time you're look because they they already stand out and you're mm-hmm. just like that's a big shrimp. <laughs> At least I noticed it a lot while I was watching it. Because whenever there's food on screen, I'm interested. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, those are very big shrimp. <laughs> and then I forgot about them because the scene happened. Then I was like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's great. I think I will rewatch it every year. Yeah, one of Tim Burton's for uh, bigger Halloween. Halloween. I was not expecting to enjoy it that much. Like, yeah, Tim Burton got Batman off of this movie. So <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I mean, he did a great job. It's um, pretty great. Yeah. 
Um, I'm glad you watched it. That's also a yeah. very unusual pick for you. I know. <laughs> um, one thing that is right up my fucking alley. Um, I watched <laughs> Real Steel, starring Hugh Jackman oh, no. from 2011. I mean, I've seen it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's a good kids movie. Like, I I thought, you know, I, I remember seeing trailers for it and just being like, oh, this is terrible. Like, oh my God, this is Rock'em Sock'em Robots, the movie. Which it is. Um, <laughs> that's what you're here for. Who's the female protagonist? Is it? Uh, it is uh, Evangeline Lilly. That's I what I thought. Listen, um, it's got something for everyone. You got the little kids mm-hmm. will enjoy it. You got Hugh Jackman for mom to look at and Evangeline Lilly for dad to look pretty at. Pretty much. It's, it's the perfect family film. They're trying for a four quadrant movie here and uh, it, it pulls it off to some degree. Um, Anthony Mackie shows up, you know, and it's uh, before he becomes, uh, you know, in the Marvel world and all that stuff. I don't even remember him in that movie. I mean, I barely remember the He's movie, a but... fight promoter <laughs> in cool. for robot fights. Um because they're like underground. Yeah. I mean, the, the basic premise of the movie is that Hugh Jackman is a uh, robot fighter in this world. Uh, they've outlawed <laughs> boxing for some reason. And only uh, you're allowed to fight via robot um, that you control That's via joystick right. or voice command. Um, and, you know, he's a retired boxer that fights robots uh, for money. And he's bad at it um, as far as like losing money and all that stuff. Uh, he His adopted, not adopted son, but his uh, son he never knew he had comes to live with them for the summer, and they bond over robot fighting. Um, and they make it all the way to fight the champion of robot fighting. <laughs> That's the basic premise of the movie. Um, yeah, it's it's fun. It's cute. Like, you definitely watch with, like, you know, your child or, like, younger sibling. It's it's on Netflix, and it's in the top ten. It's been in the Is top ten really? for, like, a week and a half. Um, That's unexpected. People really want kids want to see some real steel. All right. I feel like it's less kids; it's more dads. Maybe dads want to see some dads real steel. who are like cool. <laughs> um, the computer graphics in this movie, computer graphics, the visual effects, <laughs> because it's not 1995. Uh, the visual effects are really good. Um, this movie looks really good. Oh man, I'll have to go back and watch it and add to the algorithm on Netflix. That's very confusing. No one expected this. Anola Holmes in real steel. <laughs> Just this must be a thirty-three-year-old Asian woman. <laughs> um, and yeah, it was interesting to see that in the credits it was like produced by like Steven Spielberg, and it's like. Mm, I, oh. I see you getting the, the itch for something like a, uh, a Ready Player One because it feels oh. CG wise. It is very there are some similarities oh, that I see in like the process. It's like mm, this feels like you got some ideas here, but uh, overall I enjoyed it. It wasn't like oh my god this is so good. It was like I like this and I hope children like this. I too. feel like it's exactly what you're expecting. Yeah, I'll probably end up watching it. Yeah, <laughs> god damn it. Um, the next thing I watched is very much up my alley. Kiss Ness and Jason. TNT, they know trauma. <laughs> and I appreciate that. Um, but I, I was, again, on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. And I stumbled across it. Did I gasp in delight? <laughs> yes, I did. Because it used to be on... Hulu, and then it disappeared, and I was heartbroken. But the closer is now on HBO oh, Max. Lord, <laughs> listen, there are seven seasons of this show. Thank God. 
I love it so much. <laughs> and here's the thing. I laugh aloud at this show multiple times an episode. Because they have dad jokes for days. And I love them. I enjoy this show so much. That's all there is to be said. I've got nothing against it. Like Brenda Lee Johnson is a delight. She's tough, but she gets her man. Her husband and it's cute. And you get to solve mysteries. It, and it's great. It was so successful. It had a spinoff, Major Crimes. Oh, yeah. I watched Major Crimes. Like, and also it was like, hey, here's a show featuring people over 40. Enjoy. <laughs> like, There's a couple younger people who are. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Sergeant With Gabriel. Winkle in your eye. Oof, he's cute. <laughs> Unfortunately, there's no reason for him to take his clothes off. Which is disappointing. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's. A dad show full of dads, and I love it, mm-hmm. and they make me laugh, and I'm a 55-year-old man just trapped in a 33-year-old Asian woman's body. <laughs> I like genuinely laugh aloud at least once an episode. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad you were able to find the closer again uh, that came back into your life. Oh, my God, uh, Jason. Like a boomerang, you set it free to find its way, and it came right Jason, back into it your came hand. came back. The joy, you don't understand the joy I felt when I saw it on HBO Max. And was like, <laughs> and these aren't new episodes. These are the same episodes you've seen already. Because <laughs> <Yes. laughs> did I watch it all the way through on Hulu? Yeah, I did. I'm sure you did. I did. <laughs> and I, then I started on Major Crimes, but I think it was removed at some point and I was heartbroken. So now I might be on season four of The Closer. <laughs> it's great. Okay. All right. I have I have nothing against that. Enjoy enjoy your bliss in this these dark times. It's it's my comfort show at the moment. <laughs> I just go back to it. It's so great. Okay. Uh, I also did a rewatch as well. Um, yeah, rewatched Harold and Kumar go to White Castle. <laughs> Don't ever give me shit about the closer. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> I'll take that. That's fine. <laughs> and I didn't give you shit, really, but understandable. <laughs> um, yeah, I rewatched Harold and Kumar go to White Castle 2004's uh, 2004, movie. Four, wow. Yeah, a long time ago. Um, I watched it on uh, on on demand on Stars, and it was interesting because I remember owning the DVD of this, and they shot like 30 minutes of additional content just for the menu, where they're sitting oh, in a car Jesus. and they're just like talking to each other. Like, just so, and like talking to the audience. And I kind of to, appreciate that, actually. I, this is when they used to care about DVDs. And yeah, like, oh, that's right. The home experience. Yeah. Um, because this movie really did live on DVD. Like, no one really saw it in theaters, but it hmm. blew up on home video. Weird. Um, and this was the reintroduction of Neil Patrick Harris to the world. This oh, came out in it? before uh, How I Met Your Mother. Like, if anything, this said, like, he can be a wild and crazy guy because he's a wild and crazy guy in this movie. Oh. Um, he's a coke snorting, uh, oh. lady banging. Uh, um, master of the night in this movie. Um, they run into him just sporadically in the middle of the night. It's like, Neil Patrick Harris? Yes, I'm him and he's me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What is the general plot? General plot of the movie is uh, two guys, Harold and Kumar, best friends that live together in Hoboken, New Jersey, uh, decide to go on a... They're having a rough time. Um, Mm -hmm. 
one of them just failed an interview for uh, med school uh, and doesn't really care to go. It's more he's being pressured by his dad. Mm-hmm. The other one just got shoveled with a bunch of work for the weekend uh, by his two shitty bosses. And they decide to smoke some weed and say, like, you know what? Let's get something to eat. And nothing will satisfy this hunger quite like a White Castle burger. Mm-hmm. There's none around us uh, for miles. We got to go really far to get one. And so they go on this crazy journey that leads them to various places and various characters through the night to uh, find their desired burgers. That's fun. Um, but there's so many people in this movie. Like, Christopher Maloney makes an appearance. Anthony Anderson. Malin Ackerman. Like, God, Ethan Embry shows up. Oh, uh, I love <laughs> Ethan Embry. Um, geez, there's so many. Ca- uh, Jamie Kennedy shows up for some reason. Uh, Gary Anthony Williams. Where are we at? In the uh, life of Ethan Embry's hair, does he have hair? In this you still movie? got it. It's like 2004. That's it's how looking... I can tell, like <laughs> what year it is, based on how much hair he has. He's not at the tip of the widow's peak. He, gotcha. It's still all the hair and red Cute. as the dawn. Red. Uh, yeah, he's got red, reddish hair. No, he's blonde. And this movie has reddish hair. Interesting. How dare they? <laughs> um. But yeah, it, it was fun to see again. Uh, oh, Ryan Reynolds makes an appearance too. Like, um, it's fun. It's ridiculous. Some of it doesn't hold up well. Um, some of it holds up surprisingly well, and is like, huh, that's interesting commentary on like race in America oh. and what it is to be like, you know, a first generation immigrant. Like, oh. it does hit on like a lot of points where it's like. You're not making, you're not trying to be serious, but mm. it, it feels like it's coming from like a real place yeah. or like a lot of research was done on this. And you really did talk to people to like, oh, like what's it like to be like, you know, have the pressure of like, you know, being a first generation immigrant and all this pressure is put on you to like succeed and do all this stuff. I'm assuming uh, based on stereotypes that it's the Asian guy who failed the med school thing. No, reverse. The Indian guy is the guy who's a pressure to nice. go to med school. And well, the- I guess there's... Also, that's also a stereotype. And cool. the Asian guy, like, you know, he his white bosses, like, pressure him to, like, do all this work on the weekend. Because they feel like, oh, this guy loves numbers. Like, he's Asian, of course. And Great. they managed to, like, not twist those stereotypes, but to, like, use them for, to subvert them. Yeah. To just say, like, no, fuck that. Like, we're people with desires. Like, mm-hmm. and when have you seen, like, an Asian guy and an Indian guy go on a weed-filled adventure before <laughs> or since? Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So, yeah, they're kind of the only two that do it. And it's just weird seeing them so young. They're like babies in oh, this. Yeah. Um, they're kids. Um, but and you know, now they're like dads. Now they're dads. They're straight up dads. Um, and still successful and working. So good on them. Yeah. Um, but no, it was just fun to go back and see it. Um, again, some things don't hold up. But surprisingly, a lot more does than you think. Yeah. Um, I started watching The West Wing interesting okay I'm, I'm ready to hear a lot of this have you ever watched it i've watched some episodes um it 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 is definitely like a warm liberal blanket um Jason. in these hard-ass times Jason. and like i fucking get it it is we have gotten to the point in the world where people who are inherently good doing a good thing makes me cry (laughs) (laughs) and all i do is watch this show and cry at least once sometimes multiple times per episode it does that from what i understand because it's just it's so smart it's so fun you love all the characters it holds up it talks about stuff 
it's so relevant to now that it's scary, really. Mm-hmm. Um, they're talking about race. They're talking about... They literally, in the last episode I watched, they were trying <laughs> to get... Um, to nominate a Supreme Court justice. It's what you'd expect from a show about the presidency yes. of the United States. Um, and it's just really, it's just really smart and it assumes that its audience is smart and it, they can, that the audience can keep up with what it is that's going on without feeding them every single thing. Mm-hmm. Um, cause just the very first episode, the way it starts, they're just walking around, they're going. The classic sork and walk and talk. And you don't, you have to just pay attention you have to pay attention, which so many shows I don't pay attention these days. I'm on my phone when I watch The Closer. <laughs> hey, you're on the victory lap on that one, okay? Like, you've seen it already. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this one, you have to pay attention. Otherwise, you won't know what's going on because you just have to pick up on little context clues in the conversations to figure it out. Um, so, and it is super liberal and just... It's not so, it's still politics, so it's still good people trying to be good while still playing the game. Yes. Because otherwise, if you don't play that game, you're not going to be there and you can't affect any change. So it's still realistic in that sense. But it's not about like political murkiness and like, you know, the dangers of like, you know, Washington, D.C. It's not like a house of cards. Correct. It is. It's how things it's about the people and how they get them done and wanting to do the right thing and the difficult decisions that need to be made. Right. Um, and it's just such a lovely cast. And I had taken that, um, I've been intrigued ever since I took that, uh, TV character personality test Mm -hmm. or maybe it's just, um, like pop culture or TV and movies, uh, personality test that is in no way scientific, but that I, I got, uh, um bradley whitford's character no i got cj craig i'm not familiar with who that is uh allison janney's character okay okay um who once i looked up because i hadn't watched the show yet once i looked it up she's such a beloved character and i was like of course (laughs) (laughs) but also i was like oh i should watch the show and then um it was on it's on netflix now um and even though I, at this point, I mean, I was never super interested in politics at this point. I think everyone just kind of watches them with disdain, no matter what side you're on, because mm-hmm. it's terrible. Um, but this just, this show is just so lovely. And it, it is, it's, I can't, I can only watch a couple episodes at a time because it's so much, um, but it's great. And I recommend it if you're a liberal person. <laughs> it's like, it, it it's people always say about the show it's a fantasy like is it it's about, it's people acting with logic and reason in the, trying to des- decipher these problems the fantastical part is the president and how um open and how kind of loosey-goosey he is in terms of his a- interactions with people mm-hmm. i think and also in these times like because everything can be recorded and like you have to be very, you have to be very thoughtful about what you say and what you do. Um, whereas this president, if he is pissed off, you'll you'll know it, mm-hmm. um, and he'll say what's on his mind in ways that 
I'm sure no president could ever say to a group of people. Hmm. Um, so that's really there. There's at least one scene where he's sitting down and like his staff and these other gr- this other group is kind of going at each other, and he pretty much lays it all out there. And he's what he's saying is all correct, but it's a way to like no head of state would reveal all their cards like that, nor could they because of yes. just like what would imply it's like otherwise. you're being ridiculous, blah blah blah. You need to deal with this. We know this is bullshit. Like no president is ever going to do that. It's all going to be very polite, even mm-hmm. though you can be very mean while being polite. Right. Um. So that's the fantastical part of it. I think the rest of it, or the most fantastical part of it, um, because they're not always winning. Certainly. Right. Um. But and I mean, that's that was my kind of like I guess rebuttal to like the idea that it's a fantasy. It's like not everything goes well for them. Like no, there's like a lot it of often loss, does so not like a lot go of like well. conflict within their group. Like yeah, like things happen that feel while it is a drama and like yes, you know, fantastical things do happen in the sense because it's a drama on TV. Mm. But it just feels like overall the approach, the idea of like you know uh, the executive office, it just feels like oh, this feels pretty close to reality in some in a lot of ways yes i mean it's fantastical in that could you get a group of people who are that because everyone's a genius capable (laughs) yeah that capable and dedicated and have the integrity that they do no right i guess in that yeah it is kind of a fantasy but is it it's only a fantasy in that this is how things should be Mm mm-hmm but they never will right. because politics is gross. Mm-hmm. So, but it's great. I'm thoroughly enjoying it. What season are you on? I'm still only like in the middle of season one because those episodes are, they are dense. <laughs> They're dense episodes. They're emotionally taxing for me because mm-hmm. I just, they introduced a character in like the second episode. And even though you only see him a little bit here and there, he's so lovely that when you find out that he has died, I was a fucking mess. And I was like, this man was on screen for four minutes. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and like the president really liked him. Oh God. So, um, oh, and there's a very young Dulé Hill on it. And I was just yeah. like, look, he's a little baby. That's some people knew him before. Uh, Psych. Cause I had only seen him on Psych. I know from the Cosby show as a kid. But then, then he did, you know, not then he did, but he had a lot of the stuff. But West Wing He went was, from eight years old <laughs> to, to 33. Um, <laughs> no, the West Wing, of course, like, you know, huge. And he was like, you know, a prominent part of that. But then I feel like in my head, it's just like, man, yeah. it's good to see you. <laughs> I had only seen him there. So it was very, I was like, oh, it was very sweet. I was excited <laughs> to see him. Yeah, it's great. Um, What else is something else I want to talk about here? Uh, I watched uh Fantasy Island um on Stars. Yeah, that's our thought. Uh, it's a movie adaptation of the 1980s television series starring Ricardo Montalban. Um, <laughs> but this time starring uh, Michael Pena uh, as oh. the Montalban character. Um, essentially, the plot of Fantasy Island, the uh, 1980s television show, mm-hmm. was individuals come to this island to work out some kind of problem that they have, or to like you know. Oh. Yes, now I know what you're talking about. Yes, an island where anything can happen. This luxurious place. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, like they come to this island, they work through a problem. Sometimes it's scary, sometimes it's fun, sometimes it's funny. Um, but ultimately, it's all wrapped up in like 30 minutes. Gotcha. 
Um, and this takes a harder approach to it, kind of. Um, yes. Produced by Bloomhouse, um, and their whole genre is horror. Um, and yeah, it's a couple interesting people like Maggie Q and um, uh, Ryan Hansen and Jimmy O. Yang. And oh, I didn't know he was in it. They play brothers, and they're hilarious together. It's like, I can feel that you were adopted brothers in real life. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's it's they have the best chemistry in the movie to me. Okay. Um, and Portia Doubleday as well uh, in there in that cast, and Michael Rooker. It's it's a good cast. Um, but yeah, basically these individuals these individuals come to the island. They each have their own fantasy that they want to live out. Um, it is ultimately serving Michael Pena uh, for oh. for his own goals. But they're not all together at odds. It's kind of like them against the island in many okay. ways. Um, not to spoil anything, but you I'm know. gonna have you tell me the whole thing after you get off this. Yes, because I sat in the theater multiple times ages ago mm-hmm. uh, and saw this goddamn trailer come up. And each time, was I scared, Jason? Uh, yes, I was. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. And yeah, there's there's a nice little reference to uh, the other character that is not Montalban, uh, Tattoo from the show, very famously uh, by, played by Hervé uh, Villages. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and there's a cute little reference to the character uh, at the end of the movie. Nice. Um, and setting it up for sequels down the line, maybe. Ooh. There'll never be another sequel to this yeah, movie. No, it's I it's don't a one that. and done. No one saw it. Uh, <laughs> except for me. <laughs> on Stars. As the only person who's watched anything on Stars for the last five years. Oh, God. Um, but yeah. Someone at Stars just woke up and was like, Someone watched that? <laughs> what? Guys, I, I think we got one. <laughs> No. I came here by mistake. Whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, Fantasy Island. You won't see it. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> and they know that. Um, I again watched something uh, very predictable. Even though it's for children, mm-hmm. I watched Camp Cretaceous. Oh yes, you told me. About <laughs> and did I stay up till like two in the morning watching it because I decided to finish it? Yeah, I did, Jason. How many episodes? Too many. <laughs> like eight or something. Okay. So it's five insanely annoying children mm-hmm. and then one normal one. <laughs> Who they're like, dino nerd. Like, no, he's just not a moron. He's not a monster. And he's read a book about a dinosaur here and there. <laughs> Leave him alone. Was I a little defensive? Because I also like dinosaurs? Maybe, Jason. Um... But it is nice because the main character is a black guy, okay. black kid, so that's cool. Um, and then they try to have like a diverse little cast. Um, it's and it's very like modern. So of course, one of the girls on there is like an Instagram or like whatever influencer. And, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh God. Ooh. Um, what are the age ranges of the kids? Like thirteen to fifteen? Yeah. Kind of? Yes. It's like between. Th- 13 and like 16 maybe because i think one or two of them can drive okay um there's like an asian guy uh, uh i think like a hispanic girl and then uh ethnically ambiguous woman well that's something more for the captain planet approach and then a couple of white kids <laughs> captain planet approach it is <laughs> got it yep and um I will say I also appreciated though that um, there were different body types. Okay. Like one girl uh, was more athletic. 
um, than their typical skinny kids. And then one girl was a little curvier, mm-hmm. which I very much appreciated because usually all kids in all cartoons are just sticks. Mm. Um, the best character was the character named Bumpy that was in Ankylosaurus, and it made me really happy. And all I cared about mostly was, is Bumpy okay? <laughs> Spoiler alert, he's fine. Okay. No, did any uh, dinosaurs die in a fire on an island in this one? Or no? Um, One was hurt by fire. Okay. Created by man. <laughs> <laughs> and not by the Lord God. <laughs> Not by, not by Mother Nature. I don't know why that was funny. Um, do they end up in water at some point? Yes, I was very excited. Okay. Um, like the kids end up in water, or like they? Yeah. Okay, they survive, right? Well, of course they survive. It's a children's show. Or do they survive? <laughs> Jason, can I spoil a little something? Sure. At one point, you're meant to believe that the annoying kid, the most annoying kid, because there's always, like, the scaredy cat character, uh-huh. um, you're made to believe that this kid's dead. And you're like, <laughs> I literally was, my, my was sitting here like, holy shit, did they just kill a child? Like, no, because they don't actually show it. So you're like, oh, I'm sure he's alive. They're just mm-hmm. going to come back to it at some point. And they did. But I was just like, if they took the bold move of killing this child, I'm going to be really into this show. <laughs> Sign me up for season two. <laughs> Even three. Alan, you're in. I will say the ending was unexpected. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. oh. Okay. So the, sorry, the plot. I always forget to go over the plot. The plot is these uh, like six kids from varying, uh, for varying reasons, end up on um, uh, on Jurassic Park mm-hmm. and they have this new camp because no matter what happens they always reopen Jurassic Park <laughs> um, and it's this is like their uh, like beta test program for how they they want to do the summer camp um, but of course things go wrong and they have to evacuate the park and the kids have to uh, try to get to the docks how many times are you bastards going to do this? <laughs> um, can I spoil it for you now? Yeah, sure. So they're trying to get to these docks because these boats are leaving. They don't get to the docks, Jason. They leave the children behind? Yes. Fuck. <laughs> yes, they do. And because they finally get out there. Fucking those boats are gone, Jason. Wow. I was like, oh, shit. Because there's also two camp counselors, one of whom is played by Glenn Powell, who I love. And he's great. And he's kind of a big doof. Um, and then there's a female counselor who actually does know what's happening. He's like, come on, dummy. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're trying to get the kids. And they're like, we can't. So there's two people who actually do give a shit about the kids. Okay. Um, but. And they just show those two on a boat being like, we got to go back for the kids. And they're like, nope. And I was like, holy shit. I we just, just left six kids here. <laughs> I just want the corporate lawyers like on this boat trying to figure out how do we inform the parents that they're dead so that we suffer no liability for this. Like... Season two is just in a boardroom. <laughs> um, but. Uh, and there's also obviously the kids are going through their own things and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. 
um, the main character, his dad, he and his dad were both into dinosaurs and they wanted to go to Jurassic Park, but his dad died and it's very sad. Um, so they're all, you know, going through their coming of age stuff, but, uh, it was, I was annoyed the whole time by these children, but I had to see what happened and I was surprised by the ending. I'm, I'm very interested in the fact that they're doing this now and they've, they finally made like an animated series about Jurassic Park and it's like 30 year history almost like there's never been any offshoot like that they've always just consistently yeah, gone right. back to movies 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 never a tv show mm. never like an animated thing in the height of when that would have been possible like I mean if you were to do like not a cartoon if you're to do a real show that's just like an extension of the movie type of like that type of production design mm-hmm. like it'd be very expensive i'm sure it would be if it to maintain that same quality yeah but like but even like this being like you know something aimed directly at kids yeah they never tried that before which no. i find very interesting like it has grassberg has a huge merchandising line like you mm. know tons of toys oh, i'm aware jason like, <laughs> from you know action figures to stuffed animals to like you know lego coloring sets. books to lego sets and like they never really dipped into like yeah we'll make a show for aimed at just kids mm. like I just wonder why now of all times. Just interesting. Not that they shouldn't, but just yeah. curious. Yeah. That's true. I mean, it looks it looks good, you mm-hmm. know, for a little cartoon. Yeah, and like it's the done. Di- the dinos look great. I'm sure. Which is what I'm here for. <laughs> like, and yeah, it's being done directly through Netflix. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like I'm, I will, I will check out at least an episode just to see what it looks like. Maybe check one of the later episodes because there's more dinosaurs and stuff. Don't oh. start with the first one. <laughs> Like, it's very kid-heavy, and I'm not really here for that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Luckily, there's enough dinosaurs. I'm like, cool. Okay. Um, What else have I watched? Oh, um, yeah. Let me talk about this, because I've been watching it for the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been very intriguing to me. Um, this is a route that I guess I normally don't go down. I was watching a documentary um, about a, document, a docu-series about, uh, a tr- about true crime. Um, which is something that I don't do that often. Yeah. Um, yeah, The Vow on HBO. <gasps> Jason, well, so I've only seen an, an episode and a half. Oh, you got I know. It's going to get wild. Uh, but I have it written down. Let's chat about it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so The Vow, based on the, uh, the, the varied organization, uh, multi-level marketing group slash cult. Yeah, cult slash, slash pyramid scheme, <laughs> pyramid which scheme. is very, very weird. <laughs> slash Called they Nexium. have like bells that give it taekwondo vibes yes. you're just like what they're sashes like <laughs> it's a it's a lot of things a lot of things wrapped a lot of things wrapped into one mm-hmm. um based on the uh the leader keith ranieri um but the, the story's focusing on the people that got out yes. and their battle to you know show why they were there show how they left and to get people that are still there out of there um it's it's interesting because, like, you know, this all happened very recently. <laughs> like, 2018, I think, is when, like, the oh, story wow. came out and, okay. like, you know, everything got exposed. But at the same time, um, it was, you know, we, we know the ending of this story. This is not something I, new being told to I us. mean, I I do and I don't. Same here in the fact that I don't know the exact end, but I know... Some... I know he's in trouble. Yes. And he's been convicted. Mm-hmm. But I don't know the story of how they all got there. Right. Like, that's new to me. Yeah. And I, yes, I know the ending. I just don't know how we got there. I know some of the major players, like Allison Mack. Like, I watched you for 10 years on Smallville. You were doing what during all of that? Getting those sashes, baby. Getting those sashes. Getting those, those, those brands. Uh, It was, 
it's an insane ride. And did you finish the whole thing? Uh, it's not done yet. It's oh. if anything, that's a complaint. It's too long. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's, I've heard that from other people too. They just finished the tenth episode, and they have more episodes left oh, to go. Oh God! Like, just call it a day at eight or ten. Yeah, we could wrap it's it even up. Even six. It's a documentary, not a freaking series. Exactly. And sometimes it, it feels like it meanders. Like if yeah. you just had a hard focus each episode, like we're gonna look at Keith Ranieri's life. Yeah. We're gonna look at this woman that escapes life. Right, right. Like if they could were, probably be six or eight episodes. It could really be six or eight episodes. Yeah. Okay. Um, and you know the the big bangs of the series really happen in like the fourth and fifth episodes. Okay. And after that, it's like okay, so when's like the next big crazy thing going to happen? It mm. kind of doesn't. Yeah. It slows down and then becomes a bit more expository on the past of the organization and all that. The whole documentary seems to really enjoy itself. Mm. Just like no, it seems very aware that true crime is a big thing, and it's really trying to ride that wave for sure. I want to be like, guys, relax. (laughs) You're you're doing a documentary about this stupid cult. Like, just chill. Yeah. Like, and there's saving lives here. (laughs) There's some production of things that are just a little, not silly, but it's like, really? Like, uh, sometimes they'll have conversations, like uh, audio logs, Mm -hmm. but in the back, there'll be like scarves floating in water, and it's like the scarves of the organization. Oh, no. All right, that's cheesy, but sure. Oh boy, um, what, it feels self-indulgent. <laughs> it, it is a little. What is surprising though is the amount of footage that they have. A ton. Like because like they were so focused on like you know their appearance and presentation via media. Mm. There's a lot of like internal recorded stuff that like they're able to like in in good quality and like modern HD like 1080p. Because <laughs> one of the main guys that they focus on, he was actually like a filmmaker. He's a filmmaker, or whatever, yeah. so yeah, it's weirdly worked out well. And the weird thing about him is the amount of information that he's recorded. Like you recorded how many conversations with people? It just feels ah like I guess you, yes you're a documentarian but mm. it feels like every phone conversation you've ever had is yeah. on tape. Why is that? <laughs> like that feels a little scary to me. Yeah. Um. But yeah, what what's interesting is that he's able to take these very intelligent, smart, strong-willed people and just like and he's a dweeb. That's the other Jason, thing. The main dude's a dweeb. Jason, I wrote down my last note is a giant gaggle of nerds. <laughs> Because they're just a bunch of fucking nerds playing fucking volleyball. And he's walking around with his fucking knee pads on like, you fucking Stephen King looking motherfucker. Uh, You are such a nerd. Why does anybody like all these cults and stuff? They're always started by just these dorks. I'm like, I wouldn't if you asked me to go to a school dance, I would say no to you. (laughs) Why the fuck? Get away from me. Why the fuck would I join your cult? Like, and and that's the thing. Like, the more you watch it, you see, like, the pieces that can be missing from a person's life. Mm. And they don't have to be big pieces either. Oh, yeah, no. Just enough for, like, someone if to see in, in a there. vulnerable enough state, sure. Yeah. Like. And, and everyone would like to think that they would n- not join and know better, but you never know. You never know. You <laughs> never know. Like, and, yeah, the, 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 the people that he's getting to follow him, it just feels like. You feel totally capable and like ready to take on life at large. Like, mm. how'd you get wrapped up into this? It just feels so odd. Um, like, and the fact that it's mainly women that like got wrapped into this, who outside of this are like super successful people. Like, it's just like how how this dweeb get you? Like, what he tell you to to rope you in? It's just it's I mean, so wild. 
I'm it, not surprised because women are just constantly reinforced that they're not good enough, not pretty enough, etc. So like, yeah, of course, like, no matter what we do. It, it's it's just disappointing to see. Yeah. Oh, it's a it's a bummer. <laughs> like, uh, and because he's not charismatic. He's not this explosive individual. No. Like they show you when he go- <laughs> the funniest part in the series to me. Uh, not that it's a comedy, but <laughs> <laughs> when he is in sitting in, the, you've yet to see this, but he goes to see the Dalai Lama and is sitting oh in Tibet in front of him. Mm-hmm. And like the room full of advisors to the Dalai Lama, which are very varied and multicultural. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just like, they're all like, Dalai, this is a bad idea, dude. <laughs> Don't do it, my man. <laughs> like, look, this guy, total, total whack job. Like, They've got bad news going on over there in the U.S. Really? Like, it's just, like, the Dalai Lama has good people working for him, apparently. Yeah. And, like, even he steps to say, like, ah, that's not a good look right now. I can't do this, really. Like, you know, like, it's, uh, you got, like, your house is out of order. And, like, you know, until that gets cleaned up, I can't be affiliated with that. Like, Mm. it's just very interesting. Yeah. (laughs) Because he was looking for this big sign-off from, like, you know, this cultural leader to just say, like, hey, we, this will be our next step into the larger world and just like how that gets thwarted mm. um but yeah the the vow is it gets wild and then it gets it plateaus really hard okay. it's how i feel so far good to know yeah um yeah and even just like the, they show like the first places where they have um their meetings and stuff and like the video they show parts of the videos mm-hmm. that they had at the time and they're super lame yeah and i'm just like how did and he, like, and they even say some of the people who they're interviewing recognize that they were super lame, <laughs> and so I'm just like, what the fuck? It, it's mind boggling. But yeah, I um okay, good to know. I'll watch till like the fifth or sixth episode, and then maybe I'll just have you fill me in. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm happy to do that. Okay. I have no issue doing that. <laughs> um. Another Halloween-y thing that I watched, um, and I didn't enjoy as much as Beetlejuice, but um, I enjoyed more than I thought I would, Gremlins. Really? Mm -hmm. I'm very interested to hear you taking Gremlins. So here's the thing, Jason. Uh This family is delightful. It's a nice family. And I think the reason I enjoy it and the reason why so many other movies that are similar I don't enjoy is because the depiction of the family, they're just a nice, normal family. They're yeah. just, it's a kid, a teenage, I'm going to say he's like, what, 19 or 20? Yeah. Because he's working at a he's bank. He's older, yeah. So, like, he's not in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's still, like, a young person. Mm-hmm. Um, he's just, like... A nice kid. Like, I live at home. I help out with things around the house. You like, know, I love my parents. I like the town I live in. Like, I got a crush on a girl. Like, it's just very yeah. normal and sweet. And I feel like so many of those, uh, the families are kind of ridiculous. The only ridiculous part is like his dad's like an inventor. His dad's a failed inventor. <laughs> which, even though it's silly, it's also weirdly endearing because mm-hmm. he's trying really hard. And, like, his family is very supportive of him, even mm-hmm. though they recognize <laughs> that it's ridiculous. Like, he's not going anywhere with nope. this, but he's not hurting us. He's not, like, driving the family to ruin or anything totally. like that. Um, and there's only one party, and it's the cops at first, who don't believe in what is happening. But everyone else, like, they get it immediately. They're like, okay, 
shit, we got to do something about mm-hmm. this. And so many times in movies like this, people are like, people don't believe them or they just like don't spring into action. You're like, come on. Side note and backtrack to Back to Lovecraft Country. That happens all the time. Ugh. It's like, you just saw vampires rise from the earth last week. What do you mean you don't believe in ghosts this week? Anyway, back to Gremlins. <laughs> <laughs> um, and people are just on board from the get-go. They're like, oh, shit. Um, and another thing that often happens is when there are rules, people don't follow the rules. This rule- and in this case, there are three world rules that the dad is told by a stereotypical, mysterious Chinese man. Mm-hmm. Um and then he goes home and he actually, I was like, he better tell him all those three fucking rules. I forgot the last one. No, that doesn't happen. That's what I thought he was going to do. And I was going to throw something, but he didn't. He was like, and this is very, the most important one. And like, he tells the kid the rules, even though he, and like, he tries, the kid tries to actually follow the rules. It's don't feed him after midnight. Don't put, don't, you can't put them in the sun and, and you can't get, get them, them wet. wet. Mm-hmm. And the only reason the don't get them wet rule is broken is because... Like, um, Corey, what's his Corey Feldman? Accidentally, like, spills some water on it. Mm-hmm. And then he, the son, actually, who I'm glad I wrote down none of their names, but the Charlie, son. Charlie, I believe is the actor's name is. But. Sure. We'll call him that. <laughs> Charlie, the son. Um, he checks the clock before he feeds him. And, like, the clock says that it's not midnight yet. Now, he doesn't know that the gremlins messed it up purposefully so mm-hmm. they would get fed. But whatever. So, like, everyone's trying to follow the rules and then when crazy shit starts happening, Billy. I was close enough. Billy, sure. <laughs> um, and then when like weird shit starts to happen, they're like, "Oh shit, we got to do something about this." And I appreciated that. And the <laughs> the mom, she's like, "Fuck this shit!" And as soon as the bad gremlins start to come up, mm-hmm. this badass bitch. <laughs> oh my god, I love her so much. Um. She um, she kills one of the gremlins by uh, putting it in a blender-like invention and just, like, oh, <laughs> yeah. blood goes everywhere. Uh, she straight up stabs one to death with a kitchen knife. <laughs> um, and she goes from um, holding the knife. You see her. It's subtle, but I watched her because I was like, I love this lady. She goes from holding the knife, like, gripping it, like, normally to real quickly just changing it to like stabbing like, formation <laughs> and i was style. yes and i was like yes because you just see her in the background because she's in the kitchen eyeing up the gremlins and she's she grabs one knife and she goes "Ooh, i should get two she grabs two knives <laughs> and then you see her in the background and she just flips them real quick and goes to stabbing formation i was like yes this mom is the best so she stabs one to death like crazy um and then she tosses one in the microwave and microwaves this motherfucker. She and I was like, a lot of gremlins. You're this right. mom is the, she didn't question it. She jumped into action. She wasn't helpless. It was great. Um, it goes on for a while with all the like different antics that the gremlins got into. Mm-hmm. So I stopped paying attention a little bit. But then once people kind of came back into the picture, they were running around uh, trying to get all these motherfuckers. Um, it was great. I appreciated because I thought, you know, that they wouldn't show much because I always thought of it as a kid's movie, but they, it does not pull its punches. It shows everything. A lot of people are killed. 
It's great. Let me tell you, this is one of the first PG-13 movies. This is the first PG-13 movie. Like, and you know why? Big, big back Stevie, you know? (laughs) He came through and said, no, no, no. This is for everyone. (laughs) This is is not an R-rated film. So what? People are dying. It doesn't matter. People die every day. Yeah. It's (laughs) no one, basically no one is annoying and doesn't fall into a lot of the kind of bullshit tropes that so many other movies do Mm -hmm. of disbelief and stuff and inaction. And it's great. And it also references Indiana Jones. And there's an E.T. doll, which I appreciated. Hey, when Stevie's there, you know, you get these things for free. This is the the benefit of working with him. Side note, I've never seen the movie E.T. Because when I was little, my brother had an E.T. doll. And he would chase me around the house going, E.T. phone home. And I would just cry and scream and run away. I find that a lot of people were scared of E.T. as kids. I was fucking terrified. (laughs) Nope. And then we went down to like Disney or whatever. When I was real little, and my dad, there was an ET ride mm-hmm. where you like sat on the bikes, I that. yeah. And I just screamed and was like, "I do not want to do this." I <laughs> cried the whole time in line. And some amazing god was like, "Hey, I'm gonna break this ride right now." And it was as I was about to get on one of those fucking bikes, and they're like, "Nope, ride's not working. Everybody's gotta go." And I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> Because I was terrified. <laughs> um, anyway, it was fun. It was weirdly gory. They kill a lot of people, yep. which I was not expecting. Um, but I was sad. That spoiler alert for what is probably a 30-year-old, 40-year-old uh, movie? Very old movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, they, the old Chinese guy takes Gizmo back. And I wanted to be like, no. He learned, they learned their lesson. Well, Jax, let me tell you something. There is a Gremlins too. Yeah, but is it any good? It's batshit insane. It is good in a different way. Oh. Like, we're would in, you recommend it? I would recommend it just to see the characters again because mm-hmm. the characters do return. All of them oh, return. Oh, really? The fam? Um, not the fam. Char- oh. He uh, he's now Zach. Zach. Um, Billy is now working at uh, the bank, but in a higher oh. position in corporate. He's working in corporate now. Good for him. Uh, Phoebe Cates <laughs> also returns as well. Uh, she was so cute and lovely. And they're going steady. Though. Oh, cute. Um, but it's where is this? Where Gremlins was cartoony. Gremlins two is a cartoon. Like <laughs> there's just insane things happening all the time. Gizmo at one point dresses like Rambo. He Amazing. has like a red bandana around his forehead yes. and shoots a flaming arrow at another gremlin. I also love that he was so sweet. He is very sweet. <laughs> He's a very cute animatronic puppet thing. Big shades of uh, Baby Yoda from, yeah, uh, yeah. From, Giz- from Gizmo. And I will say, I mean, it looked pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great puppet. Like, yeah, it actually, like, at least in my eyes, I think because we... Um, bridge that weird gap between like really crap like puppets and like old school if you will mm-hmm. tech to like crazy star wars stuff now i found it very charming like <laughs> and i was like oh this actually holds up yeah it, it does i think gremlins one is a it's kind of it's a it's set at christmas time people sometimes look at it as a christmas movie sometimes oh that's true <laughs> i always just because it's little monsters i just associated it with Oh, no, you absolutely Halloween. can and should. But, like, some people are just like, I like to watch it at Christmas. And mm. I get that. Yeah. Um, What is it? Oh, um, there's some also dark story moments that happen in it when Phoebe Cates talks about like, yes. her dad dying in the chimney. <laughs> I forgot about that. Jason. <laughs> I was, so up to that point, 
it, like I had stopped paying attention for a little bit and then they were back <laughs> and I was like, okay. And I was like, wait. And like, I literally was not paying attention when she, and I had to actually rewind because uh-huh. I was like, oh, because I knew she, they had mentioned that like she didn't like Christmas. So you knew there was a story there that was going to come out at some point. Right. And I was like, wait a minute. I had to rewind and listen to it again. And I was like, wait, her dad <laughs> died because he was trying to be cute and be Santa? Yep. How do you explain that at the funeral? You don't. How did Joe die? Oh, he was trying to be fucking Santa Claus. <laughs> and he died in a chimney. Yep. What? It's fucking crazy. And in the movie just like, yep, that was a dark moment. Anyway. She also like mentions how um, people are often very you know, depressed and stuff during the holidays. And then she mentions like cutting wrists and I was like, Phoebe! Phoebe! No! Oh my! It was just like a couple of real dark moments that I wasn't expecting at all. And I was, that really woke me up a little bit. Because I was only half paying attention at certain points. Oh God. Oof! I'm glad you watched it. And as, and again, as a like, you know, someone who's in their 30s watching this for the first time, really like, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I'm yeah. glad it holds up like enough. It totally does. To satisfy. <laughs> it totally does. And I think I would have been incredibly scared of it. I had heard about it as a kid, but I knew that there were bad gremlins. And I purposely didn't watch it because even at that age, I realized that I was a scary cat and I could not watch these That things. could legit be a scary movie for like a young child. A young like, child, that would be very scary. Yeah. Especially because... Yeah, it's not even CGI. It's like puppets and they look There's real. There's a tactile realness to it where it's yeah. like, I don't want no part of this. No, thank you. Um, and yeah, I guess, like I said, Gremlins 2 is also just insane. They introduced a spider gremlin, an electric gremlin. Like, it's made of electricity. Um, I might just stick to one. Yeah, you don't need to see two. Two is just, like I said, it's a cartoon. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Um, something I kind of went back to something I saw when I was a, a young person and probably too young to be watching. Um, <laughs> 1999's Go. Um, it is a movie filled of like vignettes that all intertwine into each other. Um, the basic premise is a couple of kids that work at a grocery store uh, over the, the Christmas into New Year's holiday get into a series of interconnected hijinks. Uh, oh. Yeah, starring Sarah Polly and Jay Moore and Scott Wolf, uh, Katie Holmes. All like the Kay big Diggs. names at the time. Yeah, like yeah. all like the hot young people of yep. like 1998 to like 2000. 100%. Are featured in this movie. Um, <laughs> it's fun to see a young Jane Krasinski um, in this movie. Um, and just like, holy shit, you're here. Melissa McCarthy, like, what are you what? doing here? Timothy Olyphant? Timothy Olyphant being perhaps, uh, Jax, his shirt off is a lot. <gasps> it's off a lot in this movie. Ooh. Like a Aww, whole bunch. My little baby boy, Breckenmeyer. Breckenmeyer is there in I a very, very small him. part. Um, yeah, the cast is crazy and like good. And I would watch this whenever the hell it was on TV when I was like really? 12 and 13. It was so much fun. Whenever I had my mind like, this is what it's like to have a wild night, I would think of like <laughs> this movie at 12. Like, no, your wild night is like fucking watching Rocket Power, uh, having a DiGiorno pizza, falling asleep. Like, what are you <laughs> fucking doing? Um, but no, it was, uh, it, yeah, oh, the way the stories connect, it's like so we're looking at, uh, you know, uh, a girl at a rave, like just trying to like sell some fake drugs and like the problems that, are, that arise from that. Like, I'm going to leave my friend Katie Holmes' collateral with this drug dealer, Timothy Oliphant, and they're going to weirdly bond with each other. <laughs> Cute. 
Um, I like, support that couple. Uh, one guy's like, I want to trade my shift with the girl that's going to sell the fake drugs so I can go to Vegas with my friends, like, you know, for a crazy weekend. And we wound up, like, you know, burning down a hotel and getting into trouble at a strip club and getting shot at. Oh, see, this movie is just pure stress for me. <laughs> it's a lot of rule breaking. It's a bunch of law breaking. Mm-hmm. Vandalism. Oh, yeah. Arson. Yep. No, thank you, Jason. Mm-hmm. I follow the rules. I am scared. Like, uh, it's going to follow, like, two, like, TV stars. Like, let's say they were on CW shows today, like, and they're acting as over- undercover cops, like, for the LAPD. And they're also in a relationship with each other. And <laughs> they're trying to figure out, like, well, you cheated on me. You cheated on me. And they reconcile over the course of the night. Like, Wait, you know, is it two dudes? Yeah. Oh, it's Jay Moore and Scott Wolf, and it's just like what a beautiful couple. <laughs> and they're like, you know what? I really do love you. I really love you Aww. too. And then they also mistakenly hit a girl with their car, and like, tr- nope, tried to like help her out. <laughs> like, it's it's insane. That's an insane film. It's a lot of craziness, and just it's yeah, it's just fun. It's frenetic. It's fast, and like at the end of the day, like none of the characters are hurt, but they're everyone gets shaken up. It's like. You want another night like this? No, sir. No, thank you. Never again. Good. Don't do the big story. Model the big moral of the story. Don't do drugs. <laughs> like that's that it. was a pretty big message when we were kids. <laughs> and like it, it shows like drugs can be fun, but ultimately you don't want to do this. It's gonna ruin your night. <laughs> Thanks, Scott Wolf. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. Go. I saw it. Just like holy shit. I haven't seen this in like. Almost 20 years. I need to watch this. That's really funny. Um, it almost sounds like it could have been a precursor to kind of the teenage kind of drug movies today, like Superbad or something. I guess so. It's, um, obviously, those are not as frenetic, but just kind of the general debauchery that happens. Yeah. 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 Like, as far as, like, debaucherous things, yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> um. I was randomly bopping around uh, Disney Plus, mm-hmm. and they had some of their like Pixar shorts. Oh yeah, uh-huh. and so I came across one called Kit Bull, and I was like, a kitten and a pit bull friendship. <laughs> of course, I'm gonna watch this eight minute movie. That sounds like a fake movie you'd see, like that's like beating the the hell out of like some movie on Entourage or something like that. Like, but I'm also curious, like, what was Kit Bull about? Here's the thing, Jason. Mm-hmm. I was betrayed. Oh. Because I thought it was going to be an adorable little story. But Pixar has a dark side. Can sometimes work dark side? Okay. This fucking pit bull was forced to be part of a dog fighting ring. Oh, shit. Yes. They got real there. Jason, I came here for an adorable story about a little black kitten and a big old pit bull just being friends. And what I got was darkness. <laughs> and I was like, oh, oh no. Like, Pixar, give us eight minutes, we'll make you cry. Oh my God. <laughs> um, do they have a beautiful little friendship? Yes. Mm-hmm. Do they show some scratches on this dog? Yes. Upsetting. With a very mean owner. I didn't like it. <laughs> But it all works out in the end. Spoiler alert, they're adopted by a beautiful interracial couple. <laughs> they're both adopted <laughs> together, so they're still friends. He's riding a little kid and riding around on the pit bull. Mm-hmm. Adorable. 
but just for a real couple minutes there, whew, whew, <laughs> I didn't see that coming, and it uh, really threw me for a loop. <laughs> I will stay away from those shorts from now on. I mean, it's it's a grab bag. Not that none of them are bad. Nothing's bad, but some of them are gonna make you feel things you might, might you might not want to feel. I felt feelings mm-hmm. that were not joy, which is the only one I expected to feel. <laughs> Still thinking about it. Yeah. Little kitten was cute as hell, though. Um, <laughs> what is it? Uh, I watched something that was also very funny. It didn't make me feel those feels. Cool. Um, I started watching Shit's Creek. Um, hmm. literally the day that they won all those Emmys, like before oh, I knew that they won yeah. all those Emmys, I want to say I beat that trend. Uh, <laughs> I started watching it. I was like, you know what? This is fantastic. Um, I remember for a while when the fir- when the show first came out, I saw ads on like you know trains and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I was wondering, like, man, where did they find this guy that looks exactly like Eugene Levy? That's crazy. <laughs> and not realizing, like, oh, that's his son, because who else could be bear those eyebrows? But He's so <laughs> handsome, by the way. Dear God, Dan Levy is good looking. <laughs> oh. Oh. I enjoy his performance and his character the most on oh, that yeah, show. Oh yeah, he's great. Like he's consistently uncomfortable around everyone and everything, and he is not afraid about expressing that at any given time. Um, he is by far my favorite character. But just there's, it's just a show of great performances overall. There's never, there's rarely, if ever, any guest characters. It's always like five to six people just really holding it down every episode. Mm-hmm. And like it just feels like the the overall cost per episode is so low mm-hmm. because it's the same sets and the same places and just feels like this is just really quality acting and writing happening here that's just really keeping the show afloat and not that it's keeping not that it's struggling it's just like it's consistently fun to watch yeah. and easy to just like devour like eight episodes at a time because they're like twenty five episodes twenty five minutes each. Yeah, it's really good. Everyone's very good. Um, Catherine O'Hara is an insane person, and I love her. She's so funny. Um, She is so fantastic. Um, I've (laughs) just the character elements of like she and her son only ever wear black and white. Like (laughs) never any other color. They will never stray from those like that basic palette. And on top of that, the fact that Catherine O'Hara, her character, wears a full waistcoat and brooch <laughs> like before going to bed every night it's like what is <laughs> i'm so uncomfortable looking at you but and her hilarious. vocabulary her vocabulary and accent like yeah. what is this like it's some weird continental yeah uh it's fantastic <laughs> do you know that there's a second levy child yes okay. uh the, that plays uh twyla. The, the, yes twyla that plays the uh, the diner operator those are two beautiful children. Yes. <laughs> Eugene and whoever your Mrs. Levy, you done it. You done good. Because, my God, mm-hmm. they're both gorgeous. <laughs> um, the last thing I watched, um, I, I pretty much liked everything that I, I think I did like everything that I watched. <laughs> um, <laughs> surprisingly. Um, this show was my favorite recent discovery, even though I discovered a lot of things. Um, it's on Apple TV, which is probably the only thing worth watching on Apple TV. I might just, cause I just had a free trial, so I'm going to just cancel it now. Mm-hmm. Um, cause I binged the whole thing. Ted Lasso, the show, are you familiar with I it? I know now? nothing about this. This is the first oh, time I hear about this. Jason, it's so good. It's exactly what you want to watch right now. It's Jason Sudeikis. Um, 
He did a bunch of commercials when NBC won the contract to show the Premier League. Oh, I remember those commercials. You know those commercials yeah. where he's like an American football coach going to he's <laughs> the new head coach of Tottenham. Uh-huh. They made it into a show. Oh. And it's really good. Is he in England with the yes. Tottenham Hotspurs? Like- no, he's not with Tottenham. He's with uh, like a fake, um, they made up a team. Okay. Um uh, AFC Richmond, they just made up. Um, and I had heard him talking about it because he was like, years ago when we had that, like it, it was fine for the commercials, but to make a show, like you have to explain why this random guy who's clearly not qualified, <laughs> you know, can do this job. And then he was like, and then Trump got elected. And then all of a sudden we didn't have to explain anything. And no, and everyone was like, yeah, of course, it's fine. Um, and it's very, even though he is the main character, it's very much an ensemble. Um, and it's a bunch of people who I hadn't really seen before. Um, the owner is played by Hannah Waddingham. She's great. Uh, Juno Temple plays um, like hmm. a footballer's girlfriend. But um, it's not, they're not stereotypical. They're, she's very smart. Um, and... Um, very like um, I don't know very self-aware and they she ends up having this lovely friendship with the owner of the team the woman and they like really build each other up and it's really lovely mm-hmm. um, uh, there's Coach Beard who is uh, Jason Sudeikis's like uh, other like associate coach guy uh, this guy, Nick Muhammad, who plays Nathan, who's just like the towel guy, basically. Okay, like the equipment manager? Yeah, yeah, Okay. Yeah. Um, and then a couple of the beautiful, oh, so beautiful. Oh, my God. I like the show for many reasons. Um, <laughs> Are but, these actual footballers? Or? No, they're okay. actors. Um, I mean, some of them might be. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um But the a couple of main guys are Phil Dunster, who plays... Uh, the young upstart who's like um, a phenom. Mm-hmm. And then uh, this comedian, Brett Goldstein, who is so handsome, who plays like an aging player on mm-hmm. the team. Um, and then the guy, Anthony Head, who plays Giles. Oh, yeah. He plays the shittiest ex husband. <laughs> oh, he's such a shithead and you hate him so much. <laughs> um, but it's basically. Um, Ted Lasso is hired to be uh, the new head coach because, and this isn't spoiling anything, you find it out very quickly. Um, the owner of the team, uh, the woman, and Giles, <laughs> mm-hmm. they are getting divorced. And in the divorce, she gets the team. And she, and the team is one of the only things that her now ex husband has loved. And so she wants to, like, just fucking burn it to the ground and so she purposely hires ted lasso who doesn't know what the fuck he's doing to help just destroy this team (laughs) and accelerate the process yes but he is just the most lovely positive (laughs) like friendly sweet but not stupid Mm -hmm. like he sees everything that's going on but he's still just got such a positive outlook and assumes the best in people <laughs> and is not judgmental and it's just it the writing is great there's so many jokes in there that 
if you don't have the captions on, you might miss it. Like there's just, it's very subtle, like in conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, the chemistry with everybody is great. Um, <laughs> they <laughs> end up forming like these, this four dude, like support group <laughs> <laughs> that they call the diamond dogs. <laughs> <laughs> And one guy comes in and has like a lady problem. He's Jason Shake is like, let's get. He starts texting, and the guy's like, "What are you doing?" He's like, "Gotta call the boys." <laughs> and the Diamond Dogs come in, and they're like, "This is what we're waiting for," and they're all really excited to be very supportive of each other because it's all just these middle-aged men. <laughs> it's just, it's so funny. It's so uplifting. It's so sweet. It made me so happy to watch it. Mm-hmm. I watched the entire thing. I was just walking around with a smile on my face. And then I tried to watch just like a murder drama afterwards. Like, I can't watch it. I'm too happy. I need to watch something else that's happy. That's when I watched Kitball and then was like, oh, no, Mm. I've been betrayed. Um, But it is so good. I absolutely loved it. Um, I would recommend it to anybody because it's really fun and sweet and lovely. I'm curious about some things technically. Yes. So what's the shooting style? Does it look like The Office or... Okay. Just... uh, It's as if the audience isn't even there. Okay. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Um, And I guess insofar as the... the, the, How how many episodes? And how long are episodes? Uh, 30 minutes and... Ten episodes. Okay, they released the whole season all at once. Yep. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, or, you know, it might have been episodic, but it's been out for a while. So it might, I'm not sure if okay. it was all at once or it actually is week by week. I'm disappointed because I've heard no one talk about this. Oh, it's so good. Until now. I feel like I saw like a, a trailer for it like several weeks ago, mm-hmm. but like I didn't know what, what was going to happen to that. Mm-hmm. Or like, maybe I, in my own head, I saw like, oh, Apple TV. Well, I don't have that. No yeah. one does. And then I just like turn my, my mind off. Yeah. Um, it's good to see Jason Sudeikis attached to something again. He's so great in it, Jason. Like, at one point, he was, like, the hardest working man in, like, you know, comedy. He had, like, four (laughs) movies a year, like, from, like, 2011 to 2014. And then, like, he just kind of, like, stepped back a little bit, maybe. Like, which is cool and fine. Yeah. But, like, yeah, I'm just, it's cool and I'm happy to see him in something consistently again. I would strongly urge you to just do, like, a free trial of Apple TV. They have, like, seven-day trial Mm -hmm. for free. And just watch the show, and then you can just like cancel it. Okay. I, cause I, you, it really barely has anything to do with football. Mm-hmm. Like the few times they actually show them on the field, it's all CGI. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't look great, but it's fine. Cause that's not what you're there for. You're there for like all the relationships and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I am sure you would really like it, and it's very uplifting. So I really think you should watch it. Okay. I, will, I that's, That sticks out to me. I would like to check that out. Um, oh, yeah. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Um, yeah. I, I'm going to find that. I'm going to see it. I'm going to. I, I, I look forward to it. Um, it's great. As parts of it sound like various other sports comedies, but like in a good way. Like It's very funny, but very earnest. Mm-hmm. There's, um, it's not cynical, mm-hmm. which is really nice. Um, and there are a lot of people, I think the only person I actually recognized um, was Jason Sudeikis. Everyone else is new and they're all great and really endearing. Um, yeah. Oh, I love it. <laughs> it's, it's, it might be my favorite thing that I've seen all year. 
Wow, okay. Probably, it also probably has to do with the fact that we're in such dark times, mm -hmm. but it really, like, I found it so uplifting. All right. Big praise. I, I, I look forward to seeing the show. I think you'll like it. The Diamond Dogs. <laughs> <laughs> They're so supportive. Um... Outside of that, I only have one last thing. Mm -hmm. um, that, I don't have anything else. That, that was I, my last. That I'd like to talk about is uh, Streets of Fire. Um, a 1984 motion picture directed by Walter Hill, the same guy that made uh, The Warriors. Oh. Um, starring Michael Pare, uh, Rick Moranis, Diane Lane. Oh. Um, and Willem Dafoe. Um, oh, this is what you This is what me? I texted you. Um, it is... Not insane in a bad way. It's just like it's a crazy music video for the 1980s. It's okay. like the only way I can describe it. It's uh, the main plot. It's a city that seems like it's set in the 19... People are dressed like it's the 1950s, but it looks like it's the 1980s. <laughs> it's a weird... They, 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 they preface it by saying, another place, another time. Like, okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Disbelief suspended. Suspended. Um... And yeah, Diane Lane plays a pop star in like this uh, rundown city, and like you know, like she's like the hope of the city. Everyone I can loves see her. That. She's gorgeous. They're coming out to see her her shows, and like you know, she's the, the songs are also amazing. Oh, like the songs are like really good, big like power ballady songs. Oh. It sounds like you're like a lady meatloaf. It's like, <laughs> like, it's it's really strong music, and like very indicative of the time. Um, the costumes are like crazy. It's like. Yes, you've blended the 80s and the 50s into one thing, and I'm not disappointed. Um, but the basic plot is like she's like, you know, this huge pop star in this town. Uh, Willem Dafoe runs a backer gang, and he's like, I want her. And, <laughs> and he sends his boys after her. They mess up the show, they steal a the girl, they ride away into the night. The cops can do nothing. Um, so a diner owner calls her brother, who used to be Diane Lane's ex boyfriend, is like, You need to get back in town and fix things. He's Love like, it. Okay. <laughs> So he rolls into town with his trench coat and his fists. <laughs> That's all you need. Just to, a trench coat and your fists. To make things right. Um, is Diane Lane actually singing? No, she's okay. not. But she's gorgeous. She's oh, like yeah. 21 or something like that. Oh she my looks God. so different. I mean, she's still beautiful now. Um, she looks so, 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 so different. Mm. Um, Rick Moranis plays her new boyfriend and uh, manager. That's adorable. <laughs> But for some reason, he's like a huge jerk, and I don't understand no. why. Like, he's like fast talking and very smart, but he's always putting the hero down, like, you dumb idiot. Like, <gasps> it's just, like, you, we get it. You're a very smart, intelligent man that has a lot of money. You're so rich. But also, Rick, you're a little guy. I feel like you shouldn't be running like, your mouth like you're that. You're testing these waters. <laughs> like, and you get that feeling a lot. Um, apparently, in, uh, <laughs> in reading into the uh like the background of like behind the scenes stuff like rip Morris is a little annoying on set to the main actor who was like the tough guy hero mm -hmm. and he's like just stop insulting me like Aww. i want to punch you <laughs> um but he's like he was untouchable he was a very funny guy in a lot of big movies and like i didn't want to mess anything up this is my first big movie mm -hmm. <laughs> like uh you know i wanted to be respectful <laughs> but um but no um but yeah, they go and get the girl back with their fists and their intelligence and their guns. Um, and then Willem Dafoe is like, no one beats Willem Dafoe. I want a one-on-one -on -one fight in the middle of the street. Um, yes, we're snapping. There's fisticuffs. There's leather and bikes. Of course. Where there's bikes, there's leather. Um, and yeah, and also more music at the end of it. Oh. Like, it's, it's a long music video is what it is. Um, the look is 
I honestly haven't seen anything that really looks like this of that time. Like, it's a dirty, grimy city, but, like, it feels like this city's alive with the power of music, isn't it? <laughs> like, there's a scene where they go to, like, the downtown district, and everything is, like, neon, and people are, like, you know, in, like, cool neon 50s clothing. It's so odd. Mm. Um... But, like, there are some other small cameos in there, like uh, McLeddy Wil- Williamson, who played, like, Bubba Gump in uh, oh, Forrest yeah. Gump, like, in an early role. Uh, Robert Townsend, who, like, you know, oh, my God. Uh, is also, like, you know, in, in the movie as well. E.G. Daly, um, Elizabeth Daly, um, who has a huge voice acting career after this, but was, like, always, like, the spunky, cute girl in, like, the Aww. 1980s movies. Um, and, yeah, it's just... It, the big thing that drew me to it, why I looked at looked for this movie, is that it is very influential to uh, the visual style of several video games of the nineteen oh, eighties. Okay. Like it did, it made no money in the U.S., but like Japan loved it. They're like, "Oh my god, is this America?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> Booking my ticket now. <laughs> like trench coats and trench coats and fists. Yes, sign me up. Um, and it influenced like several really big video games of the eighties that mm. like you know had many iterations and like tons of like influence down the line. They're so <laughs> loved and enjoyed today. And like you look at it, it's like man, there are a lot of trash cans on fire and like sleeveless <laughs> jean jackets and like dudes with like mohawks and like uh, doo wop nineteen fifties curled hairstyles. And wondering like where do these games get this idea from this movie? Like what games? Um, Streets of Rage, Final Fight. Um, which would then influence Street Fighter. Gotcha. Um, what else? Uh, there's like two other games, that, like Double Dragon as well. It's just like these very classic 1980s uh, of a genre called like the beat-em-up. Mm-hmm. They all pull visual information from this movie. Very interesting. And it's like, wow, that's a weird cultural exchange that occurred there. And those video games, were they produced by Japanese companies? By Japanese companies entirely. Gotcha. Like with very little outside U.S. influence wow, that's on the so development. Wow, that's so interesting. So it's like, wow, like this movie really did like capture the minds and attentions of people all the way across the world. And they're just like, hmm. It made, and it then made things that I enjoyed for so many years, and I didn't know what the source material for that was. That's really cool. So it was nice to backtrack and like see, like, I get it. And I like this. <laughs> like, this is cool. Um, I plan to listen to that soundtrack tonight. Nice. <laughs> but yeah, that's all I have. It's me too. I mm-hmm. wanted to end on the extremely high note of Ted Lasso. Yes, te- uh, that is one thing I will take away from this. I will definitely please, please try watch to it. watch Ted Lasso in some way, shape, or form. Cool, cool, cool. But yeah, that's, uh, that's all we got for this episode. Uh, <laughs> yeah, thanks for sitting here and listening to our show. Uh, you know, subscribe if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> We're real no pressure type of show. Live your life. I don't know. Things are hard out there. But yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, and we will catch y'all next time. Thank you. Bye. Bye.